On this episode of Uncut Conversations, we're going to get into what happened to Paul and Allie, what happened to the world, and a whole bunch more. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Allie. And this is Uncooked Uncooked Conversations. Conversations. Where we talk about life, family, business, and everything in between. Welcome to season two of Uncooked Conversations. Cheering noises. (laughs) (laughs) So in our last episode of Uncooked Conversations, which was episode 11. About one year ago. Yep. We joked that season two, we would... Release episodes quarterly. Well, no. So in our last episode, we were like casting great vision for season two and like all the cool things we were going to do. But then we had kind of this funny joke of like, instead of doing monthly, we're going to do quarterly because we were like joking at how inconsistent we were. But I guess what we really meant is that we were going to be doing yearly episodes. So welcome to this year's episode. (laughs) We'll see you next year. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not even going to make it extra long or anything. It's just, you get 30 minutes of us a year. I hope that's enough for you. I hope that's enough. We don't actually mean that, though. We actually have mapped out, like, at least 10 episodes to record, and we have we have a plan. Well, we kind of had a plan last time, too. But I feel like this time we're, like, <laughs> actually more organized. We actually know what episodes we want to do ahead of time, and we're yeah. like, okay, and we can record two at a time. And I set up a recording booth. I know. We have, like, a proper recording booth. Yeah. In our closet. <laughs> <laughs> actually, a lot of recording booths are in people's closets, especially if you insulate it with some, like... Mm-hmm insulation. It's nice and quiet. Yeah. So probably some of you have listened to our episodes before and some of you have never heard of us before. like a reintroduction. Yeah. We want to give you a bit of a reintroduction of us as well as reintroducing our vision for season two and the podcast moving forward because this this is something that we still very much care about and want to do. So for those of you who don't know us, my name is Allie. And my name is Paul. And welcome to Uncooked Uncooked Conversations, Conversations, where we are on, on the, the journey, journey with, with you. you. <laughs> That's like our cute little thing. That's Let's us saying see. we don't have any answers. <laughs> so if you just want to hear a bunch of people fumbling around in the dark, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is perfect for you. <laughs> this is our legal disclaimer of don't take our advice <laughs> because we're on the journey with you. Yeah. But if you fall in the ditch, we'll pull you out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll share what we've learned from falling into the ditch many times yeah. and crawling our way out. My name is Paul. I'm married to Allie. We have two kids. They're five and almost three. At the point of this podcast. Both boys. And I have a background in entertainment, video production, and visual effects. I do visual effects for films and television, and I also write and direct. And then I have a podcast company that makes podcasts besides this one, where we play games and tell stories. So if you like sci-fi, go check out therpgempire.com. <laughs> there you go. There's your little plug. Yeah. And like I said, I'm Ali. I am an investor, entrepreneur, and on the path and goal of becoming more philanthropic in my life. So in particular, I own and run a marketing business called Ali & Co. Marketing, and I predominantly focus on helping businesses build online courses as well as develop video marketing assets for their business. But I also do a little bit of investing in real estate and some other investing endeavors with a big passion for financial independence and wealth building and also a big passion for mental and emotional well-being in our life. So Yeah, and a very creative background. And you also produced a feature film with me. And I produced a feature film. What haven't I done? Maybe that list would be better. (laughs) I'm not an engineer. Well, there you go. Yes. 
So that's a little bit about us. Allie, why don't you tell everyone the vision of Uncut Conversation Season 2, sort of 2.0? Basically, we have the same goals and vision as we shared last year in our last episode, but I did just want to recap for those of you who don't remember that episode or never got a chance to listen to it. But our ideas moving forward is that we're going to continue to do the episodes with Paul and I the way that you love them, hopefully, of us going back and forth. But we also want to bring in some additional guests to get a variety of perspectives and just be able to include more content, but also it's kind of hard to get both of us in the same room to record without interruptions from the kids. And so just to help us stay on schedule, we feel like having some guests will will help us. And then we may also do some solo episodes here and there. Basically, our goal is to keep this podcast floating and moving forward and that we keep it entertaining and interesting and inspiring for you guys. I think definitely our goal is to be a comforting voice in a sea of turmoil. Yes, an ever-growing sea of turmoil. You may end up hearing our kids in the very distant background, so hopefully that's not too distracting. That's what happens when you have two boys. This is real life, people. Real life, and that's what we're all about. (laughs) Speaking of real life, why don't we dive right into sharing with them What the heck happened to Paul and Allie in the world? The gist of our life over the past year or so, our real life. So let's set the stage. It's 2021. We've just gone through one whole year of the COVID-19 pandemic. And everyone's living in their own closet, eating beans out of cans and putting paper bags over their face to protect from viruses. And 2021 comes around and we're hopeful that things are going to be changing and getting better. But instead, well, I don't know. Everyone has a different story, so I don't know. Yeah. Everyone has a different story of how 2021 went down for them. Yeah. So 2020 was like a little destabilizing for us. Obviously, like within the world, there was a lot of hardships and some people we knew it was difficult. But 2021 kind of was getting back to normal. Asher was in the forest school. We were starting to kind of pick up on like doing sort of more normal life. Basically... I feel like 2021, when I look back, was a year of like really massive changes for us. Mm. And we kind of had that, you know, back in 2019 as well. So I feel like we've just been like 2019, 2020, 2021, like we've had really big shifts in our life. And it has been really challenging for us, to say the least. But I feel like in 2022, like we have found a little grounding. Yeah, well, it's like in 2019, you know, we lost your dad. Mm -hmm. 2020, we lost our freedom. Mm -hmm. 2021, we lost my mom. Mm -hmm. So it's just been very challenging. Yeah. You know, like Paul said, he lost his mom, I mean, only a handful of months ago at the end of 2021. It just took a lot of focus, a lot yeah. of focus on dealing was, with all of that medical yeah. side of stuff. And, you know, so on dealing with your mom mm-hmm. and her medical challenges and the financial aspect of that. And then, you know, we moved. Yeah, we knew we needed to move. We couldn't live on the, we were in an apartment at the time. Really small. and Two kids who were just running crazy. Mm-hmm. We tried so hard, 2019 and 2020, to get like a good stable nanny. And we just mm-hmm. couldn't get, like, find somebody. Yeah, there's definitely, there was a huge nanny shortage, I'm sure, like in our area. Yeah. It was so hard. All the parents I would talk to, they just couldn't find good, reliable childcare and nannies and all of that. So 
I mean, we were juggling, you know, trying to earn money. We were juggling Paul's mom's health. We were juggling, you know, two very energetic children. We were juggling, I mean, Asher and walking through the beginning stages of recognizing what you might call like neurodiversity. Because mm-hmm. I think it was the beginning of 2021 that we were even introduced to the idea that maybe right. Asher... because of the school. Right, because of the school, the fourth yeah. school he was going to, had in- suggested that we get some observations done. Because he was having some... Um, Social issues. Yeah, but what do you call it? It's uh, executive functioning delays. And yeah. so they were. they just had him... Like somebody kind of come and watch him. And then they were like, here, this is what we would recommend. And then we started doing OT. Mm -hmm. And that was really enlightening, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was great. And, you know, after he graduated from his preschool in May, then we had him home with us all the time. We were doing OT. We did some family therapy with him. So there's a lot of work on and with Asher. Last year, there was the layer of your mom and her medical challenges and just that impending loss. A lot of attention, a lot of energy. And then we knew we were going to move because we were busting at the seams of our two-bedroom apartment. And we were very aggressive. And the housing market was crazy. Literally, we would look at a house and be thinking about, like, do we want to rent this house or buy this house or whatever? And then we would call them or look and and it's been rented or bought. And, like, the one, the place that we're now, like, I'm so thankful. But there were probably nearly 60 applications on this house. Because we had just lost the house that we wanted mm-hmm. and Allie was really sad about it. And I'm like, no, let's just like sad as in like, I literally cried yeah, <laughs> and like wrote to them like, please reconsider. And I, I was like in love with the house like that much. So yeah. And then we saw this one online. We couldn't even go inside and we're like, you know what? Just we'll like, take it. <laughs> yeah. So we pretty much applied and we're already like, we're going to do this one. And then we just kind of like saw it in person just to seal the deal. Yeah. And yeah, we were. And the space is great. I'm it's super, awesome. super yeah. happy. It's further away from where I wanted to be living. And so that's been an adjustment. Like every time we go back to the city we were living in, I'm like, oh, I miss it so much. But I I do like it here. I do like it here. It suits our needs. It does. The house does definitely. And the area is great too. And a fenced in yard. (sighs) That's all we really need. We just had to have like a six foot fence. Mm -hmm. And even then our boys still climb to the top and we're like, get out. (laughs) Get off that. We need electric fence. Yeah. (laughs) And so then we had moving this year, which I feel like we're still... Still, like, in particular, our garage, like, still organizing. I honestly don't even remember moving. I feel like we've just been here forever. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. I remember it. I was in the fog, though. Like, there was a lot that it's happening right around that time. I know. Like, my mom had a particularly bad issue Mm -hmm. at that point. She'd been in the hospital since February and at May, which is around when we moved. Like, something had happened, so we had, like, driven down, and we were with her for, I think, a week. Yeah. Like, several days. Yeah. And then, you know, we had to come right back, and we had to move. Yeah. And so it was kind of like a whirlwind. It was so crazy. Well, and then I started my business last year. Yeah, you got the opportunity... With uh, Rhea. Yeah, to speak about marketing. Yeah. And then I just ran with that because it was such an honor. But I also realized I love talking about marketing and helping people with marketing and realized I was really good at it. And so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to dive in. And honestly, a big push for me was the health challenges that Paul's mom was going through and just his attention on all of that. Like, I just really felt like I had to step up in terms of providing for our family as he had done for several years already. And so... That was also one of the... Yeah, and also because I had trash brain. Yeah. Trash brain? (laughs) What do you mean? Literally just couldn't think or function well. No. 
And at the same time, I was having to make some of the hardest decisions of my whole life. Yeah. So I just kind of took over as super dad and yeah. let you focus on Allie and Co. And mm -hmm. That's what pushed me into, like, I felt this thing rise up in me of like, you know what, I really need to step into this role more. And, you know, since we've had some conversations around adjusting that now, but I feel like for the duration of at least three fourths of 2021, I was really starting to embody more of like, okay, like I am a business owner. I am providing for the family. I am taking on this breadwinner type position for us. And I think what actually that allowed me to do is to believe in myself more yeah. because I think all the years prior when I had done various endeavors, like I always had you to rely on financially. And then also I was, and still my heart is like more focused on the kids. Like I have more desire to be a present nurturing mom than I do to like be this amazing businesswoman. Like I want both, but yeah. for me, the priority always lands with my children. And I think that I had to believe in myself more now than ever before because more relied on me. Yeah. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence. And so I'm so happy with where I'm at now and the transformation that I've had when I look back. I feel like that was actually a really like happy change throughout 2021 where we had a lot of challenges and suffering and hardship with the family and moving and parenting and, you know, even marriage stuff. We were going through a lot of deeper, hard communication things like that. And so that was a very positive thing, but it was still a big change because yeah. it was really and different. It's still hard. And it's still hard. And like positive things can still be hard. Yeah. Like I got that interview with the Epic people and they're like, you're way overqualified and we won't pay you enough. <laughs> and I'm like, well. Well, and there was no potential for advancement for you either. Yeah. Like it's one thing if you get like a mild job with a hope and potential of advancement. But yeah, yeah. It's another thing when you get a job where it's just capped. Yeah, and the recruiter's like, this probably just isn't the position that mm -hmm. you're going to flourish in. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just been looking for different things and still trying to find, I guess, that like, can kind of cue us on to, like, what's going on now. Everything we've been through, I think losing somebody, especially as important and connected to you as your parent, really causes, like, a whole reevaluation. You hit the brakes and you're like, life, what the heck? Why? So it sent me into this a continuation of this journey of self-discovery of what am I doing and why am I doing it and what's important to me and what am I leaving behind and why do any of this? And I'm on the journey, you mm -hmm. know, I'm on the journey with you, <laughs> you know, like I'm currently in the journey. I'm digging into the weeds. I'm trying to suss out both what I want, but then also, you know, we have the world, which we you know, briefly talked about but there's a lot of crazy stuff going on you know in ottawa there's this freedom uh, convoy happening and they're just fighting for their freedoms and for people to not be able to tell them what they have to do with their bodies and like be able to work that's pretty basic stuff like it feels super basic and it's like why are we having to fight for this super basic freedom and you know the same thing's happening in america and now it's happening in australia and all these things and so it's like you know, I'm so media-minded and focused, and I've spent so much of my life and years learning all these skills and talents to do stuff in the media. And I feel like if the world keeps going in this direction, those skills are going to not be very beneficial for me. What about farming? What about, Like, what am I going to do if, like, the world does burn? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what am I going to do with myself? Like, I'm not going to go and make a CG fire and then warm the family by it, you know? Like, if we have power. Like, I don't know. And so the world has kind of moved into a very uncertain time and that uncertainty is, continues to add another level 
of difficulty in like figuring out what to do with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you're building your business and it's great, but if the internet goes down, suddenly your business in that regard is gone. And it's like, well, what do we do then? And, you know, like I have a lot of like technical skills for filmmaking, but if there's no more theaters and there's no more internet, there's no more films, really. Like, If there's more limitations and restrictions and censorship around If no one can get into the theaters and no one can, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, and everything's censored, it's like, so it's really just like this, you know, a lot of questioning. I'm having a lot of questions of like, what do I do with myself? Should I be learning a different vocation? Should I be studying uh, how to create a fortress? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, should I be learning more farming techniques? Which I have two brown thumbs. So (laughs) Allie's thumbs are just a little browner than mine, but not (laughs) much. (laughs) It's not an insult. I've claimed that title. (laughs) We're changing it though. Yeah, we're trying and we're learning. One one plant at a time. One plant at a time. You've got one plant that's still alive. I have two. Oh, two? Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I don't have any plants, so I, I don't have any room to talk. I'm keeping two boys alive, though, so yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing most of the work. No. It's true. I do most of the work. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I, we have these conversations together, but I think we're also having them internally with ourselves and things that we're praying about and contemplating, like just very legitimate things. And I feel like for some people listening to what we're saying in this podcast, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Like you crazy people. (laughs) And I think hopefully everyone listening is awake enough to realize the state of the world to some degree and the troubled times that we're in and the troubled times ahead. But if not, maybe just do a few more Google searches that are not mainstream media. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you do think we're a little weird for what we're talking about, like... That's okay. We still love you. Yeah, we still love you. And and it's not really like a who's right situation. Like, we're right or you're right. It's just based on our research and things that we have observed over the past few years. These are some of the decisions and positions we're taking on things. And... You know, we have concerns about various things that may or may not be legitimate. But I actually heard someone say just the other day, that video I sent you, where even if the worst case scenario, let's say, is only 15% likely, but if that does happen, if the results would be catastrophic, it's still worth preparing for. Preparing for. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like investing or where you're assessing the risk of Yeah, of risk things. management. Yeah, risk like management. Like that's the way to manage risk. It's mm-hmm. like the chances of it happening are 15% and you can live through it and it's not a big deal, then, you know, you don't really need to address it all that much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have a lot of focus, but if... The 15% probability of something happening and it's going to be catastrophic to you or your family or your financial future or whatever mm-hmm. it is, then you probably should be thinking about that and have a plan in place and be moving into that direction. And I think that's where we're at is like, I don't know what the percentage of these more catastrophic things happening. Yeah, I think when martial law happens in Canada, yeah, that's kind of a a, a red flag yeah. on the world. Like yeah. the Canadians are having martial law. For peaceful protests. Right. For peaceful protests. Like literally, and we were talking about this earlier, like Canada is in our minds, one of the most peaceful countries, you know, in the world. And it's like, they're going through this. If they can go through this, then why not why America not? Yeah. or wherever you well, are? And if America is not stepping in and yeah. saying anything against what's happening, it's like, okay, well, by not saying anything, then do you approve of this? Right. And so I don't know. And so it's something where we are watching and we're paying attention and realizing that... 
the safety and protections that we thought that we had are not there and may not be there in the future for us or for our kids. And obviously the hope and the desire is that things work out where, you know, freedom is restored and protected. And, you know, we live in a state that seems like they're making some good moves in that direction, but, you know, you just can't count on that forever. And I think that's what it is. The realization that you may not be able to count on these external people and organizations actually protecting your rights and freedoms. And so that's something where, You just may have to take things into your own hands a little more and just have some safeguards for yourself. Yeah. And so it feels like this got heavy really fast. (laughs) But I guess it's the reality of where we're at and how we're thinking about our life. Yeah. So what are some, because you're talking a lot of kind of like grandiose. So what are some specifics? If there's no water, what are you going to do? Or like, Mm -hmm. what are you thinking about? What is important to you? Like, I remember Mm -hmm. there's a list in your office of like things that you're thinking about. Honestly, like, I would just be vulnerable right now. I feel, we'll probably still post this, but I am feeling nervous about going down this rabbit hole because this is not something that I've even talked all that much with close friends of mine and family members. Mm -hmm. And so to be, like, broadcasting and publicizing this, it feels a little scary. Like, even just the way that I'm, like, holding myself right now, it's like (laughs) my arms are kind of crossed in this more protective position because I'm feeling like I almost, like, want to keep it a secret or something like that. Yeah. But not because of, you know, I don't think it's true. It's that nervousness. You don't want to get judged. Yeah, it's the nervousness about being judged for what I'm thinking about things. Like, if you listen to this and you don't agree, (laughs) that's fine. Like, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Yeah. I think it's just being nervous of like, oh, are they going to think that I'm like such a weirdo for thinking? So I don't know. Anyway, I'm just being honest and real because it's uncooked conversations and that's what we do here. Could you just take off your tinfoil hat first? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. This episode is brought to you by Tyranny. It's not just a coffee brand. It takes away your freedom. If you enjoy listening to Uncooked Conversations as much as we love bringing it to you, and you'd like to support our efforts to bring you laughter, vulnerability, education, all wrapped up in one podcast, then click the link in the description. It'll take you to our Patreon where you can become a supporter of two different tiers. So go ahead and click the link below or go to patreon.com slash uncookedconversations. Now back to the show. There was a video that I watched probably two years ago, and it talked about some of the core things that you need for self-sustainability, self-sufficiency. If things got really bad, things that you would need is an energy source, clean water source, food source. You need community. You need a way for self-protection. You need barterability, like skills that you can kind of trade with other people. And you need wealth preservation. Yeah. You know, I wrote this list down a couple years ago, like at the beginning of the pandemic and just kind of like kept it on the back burner, been thinking about it, made a few decisions based on it, but not too much. But I'm starting to take that list a little bit more seriously now. And so to answer your question from a few minutes ago, some of the practicals that we've been considering is land. Like, is there some land that we can buy that's a lot more removed. I personally have never held a gun in my entire life. And so that's something that I am going to change very soon and just get educated more about that because I I didn't have much of an opinion on gun things until more recently. And now I definitely have some opinions about it. And then starting to learn about gardening, I... (laughs) 
I struggle with this one. It feels really hard for some reason. I'm just like, why can't I keep plants alive? Oh, yeah. But yeah, just trying to learn some skills. Yeah. And also thinking about our future and our kids. Like, these are skills that they should just have. Like, Mm -hmm. these are skills everyone should have been taught and that used to be super common. Like, you know, when you had to farm for your own food, you know, 100 years ago, everyone had their own personal farm. Everyone had some livestock. Everyone was hunting. These are just normal survival skills that now, because we've been in this sort of industrialized community and lifestyle, they're not taught anymore. So there's times when you plant certain vegetables. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. There's certain seasons that they will do flourish and certain seasons they will just die. And so there's just all of these little pieces of knowledge and information that unless you were in school specifically targeting that information, like did an agricultural club or something like that, you just don't even, you're like, I don't know where cucumbers come from Mm -hmm. in the ground, right? From the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) That's where they come from. I mean, soon enough, we'll be saying our meat comes from a lab. Like, Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. So we won't be able to say that. We have started reading this book recently called Take Back Your Family. Yeah. And even in the first chapter, my mind is being blown with some of the stats and information in it. The gist of it is around the busyness and individualism of American and Western culture and how our families have been kind of destroyed by that. And I would love for you to share about, because you listened to a podcast by the author the other day and what he was saying about like the spokes of the family. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I was just listening to this podcast. We can link it in the show notes. notes. And him and his co-host were talking about how when a hundred years ago, if you said family or even in other countries now, you think of like 28 or more of your nearest people that are intentionally in your life all the time. And I know as an American, I hear that and I'm like, I can't even imagine that. Like I can think of, you know, my aunts and uncles and cousins, but I have hardly any relationship with most of them. And it's not that I don't want that. It's just that's how our community, our life was set up. And our Western view of family is it's this place that raises you and sends you out more like a bird in a nest. And you like, you leave the nest and that's it. Like you're 18, you're out of here. I'm not responsible for you anymore. Don't go to jail. Mm -hmm. Right. And like other countries and also just a little bit back before the industrial revolution, that's not what happened. Like if there was a hardship, you have all these aunts and uncles, you know, a family would probably have five to nine kids. So you would always have people that have your back. You'd have this built-in tribe and community and even the poor people. This was really interesting is like right now, the kings have that still, right? The people that are really rich, they have either a money cushion that can handle all problems like that, or they still have an actual tribe family where they keep all the money in their family, right? That's normal. But then... The rest of us end up in this experiment where we've been cut apart more Mm -hmm. and more until we're in these little nuclear families, which what I found mind-blowing was that that's not a positive term. Like, I just always had thought it was a positive term. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is just, it's a nuclear family. It's what everyone wants. Two kids, a dog, a picket fence, right? Yeah, it was just sort of, I grew up learning that your nuclear family was just the family that you lived with. Yeah, sort of like the nucleus. Yeah, the nucleus. And, like, this is exactly the lesson that I got as a child. 
And then the extended family was just like aunts, uncles, grandparents, all of that. Yeah. And it's extended like it's away from you. It's not a part of your family, right? Mm -hmm. But the guy who coined that was actually writing about how this is bad and how communal families or community families or like a team, which is what the author of the book talks about, is like a multi-generational team, right? Where you have people from all these different age groups, but also walks of life and understanding and wisdom all coming together and actually being available to support one another, even if it is a detriment to themselves, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, for instance, my mom got sick. I'm putting myself on on a line to take care of everything I possibly could because that's what a family does. But we aren't like that with our aunts, uncles, cousins, like second cousin removed in our culture. Yeah. And if I could just take like a little side pause there, like in that situation with you and your mom, like it was all on you to take care of her medical paperwork, be the power of attorney, make these really hard decisions. I mean, you had your brother helping you with some of the decisions, but a lot of the logistical stuff fell on you, which then impacted our family and made our family environment with everything we were already going through that much more stressful. Right. It's not like your other family members stepped in and said, hey, let me help. Right. Like, how can I support you in these yeah. decisions? It was like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Okay, back to my life. Right. You know, people reached out. And I think part of it, too, I don't want to say it's all on them mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to ask for help. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I wasn't trained that that's okay. Yeah. Because, right? like, it's not a thing that we do in our culture to reach out and say, hey, family, I need help. Can you help me? Especially when you're an adult. Because right. it's almost, like, shameful when you're an adult and you need help as an adult. And yeah. if you have a family that you're taking care of, oh, what? You can't take care of your family? What's wrong with you? Right. Or if you have to go back home. Mm-hmm. And stay with your family, like it feels like a walk of shame. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh gosh, I got to stay with my family again. Mm -hmm. I've really failed. Instead of what it should feel like is like a safe, wonderful place to return to, to regroup. Or if it's all being built really well, you don't even need to leave, Mm -hmm. right? Not in an unhealthy way, but just like there is space, right? Mm -hmm. That I think because in American families, and you know, this is my experience anyway, is like, Everyone is trying so hard to be so individual Mm -hmm. that their individuality takes up all the space. And there's no room for other people to be individual or communal. Mm. And so by having a team mentality, if you're being in a team, literally your mindset is completely different, is make space for others. Yeah. Right? A team is like, okay, I'm getting up on the log. I need to make sure my brother gets up on the log. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't win by yourself. Yeah. It's it's not instead of thinking, how can I get on the log? And hopefully you can make it too. Right. Hopefully you've got the skills. Like... Let's see if you've got what it takes. Hope you don't go down the waterfall, but it's not my, um, like, it's not on me. As opposed to, hey, let me clear some space for you. Let me help you up. Let me give you the tools you need to do this. And, you know, not in an enabling way. Right. I think that is such a tricky, for me personally, like, not wanting to fall into enabling or enmeshment and all of that. Like, people need to have dignity and make progress themselves. But I think we can do that in a way that is more team where we're not trying to rush ahead and just be like... See you later, sucker. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard because a lot of us have gone through some traumatic stuff, you know, and I was on the lesser end, but I know people and I'm friends with people and I know other people that have gone through just so much hardships. And your desire is to blast off like a rocket away from that hardship as fast as you can. That was me. As a child and, like, as a teenager, all I could do is dream about getting my own car, get away, go to California. Like, (laughs) like I just want to be as far away as I can 
from all of this pain. So definitely what we're not saying is stay in really unhealthy no, situations. No, get out. And I think Allie and I have been hunting this, right? Yes. Like this has been in our heart since we met, yeah. since we started dating. We've had this vision for communal family. Yeah. We just didn't have a name for it or like a target exactly how to start implementing it. And because we didn't have this growing up, we had no template whatsoever to go off of. Right. No grid of like, oh yeah, this is what I had in my family growing up. Great, let's implement this and work towards this. Like some people are so ridiculously blessed and admittedly I get jealous in my heart when I see some people where yeah. I'm just like, oh, you have family. You have like, you have no idea how lucky you are to have had family to fall back on, to support yeah. you, to love on you, to believe in you. And well, I when mean, you don't have that, you're yeah. walking around with an extra heavy burden. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've both been carrying this burden and that was the other thing is like raising kids mm-hmm. within that kind of group is everyone's raising those kids. It's yeah. not just the parents. And this really blew my mind because we have been taking on this complete responsibility to create complete whole children, right? Yeah. Like, Because that's a huge goal in our hearts. But we're like, why can't we do this, right? Why can't we do this and still be stressed free and like clear-minded and rested. I know, we're, and- we're trying to be like rested, emotionally sane adults. We're trying to have a thriving marriage. We're trying to have thriving businesses and income streams. We're trying to keep our house clean, which doesn't happen much. Community. <laughs> we're trying to have good community in our lives. We're trying to raise really healthy whole children. And one of our children that has some mild level of special needs. And so it's like, what? Why can't we do it all? Why can't we, Why do, can't it we all? do it all? Why not? Oh, yeah, because we're not built to do it all. Because yeah. family is supposed to be that, what we would call extended family. Yeah. You know, it's a communal family. It's a team of multi-generations. And I, I mean, I long for that. I'm excited to read more about the book and mm-hmm. I'm hoping for a lot of like implementation stuff yeah. and so we can keep you guys posted on yeah, how that's going. I'm sure we'll swing back in once we've learned more for sure. Yeah. So we were talking about a bit about the industrial revolution, about yes. the nuclear families, about all of that. And then we were Oh, because the factories took business right. out of the home. Yes. Yes. So, all right, let's land this plane because we've actually covered a lot of territory. And this is kind of why we called Uncooked Conversations Uncooked Conversations because we have an intention of a topic to go in with, but... We're not giving you a lecture. We're just talking. Off the cuff. (laughs) Off the cuff about kind of letting you into like personal conversations that we've had. So we started off talking a bit about our 2021 year and you know, where we were, what happened with Paul and Allie. And then we've moved into a little bit of where we are now and some of the bigger, heavier thoughts that we're thinking as it pertains both to our life, but also in response to the world. And then we've talked a bit about self-sufficiency and why we're thinking along those lines. Yeah, nuclear versus communal family. Yeah, and then we moved into the family side of things. And so how do we bring this all together? Yeah, Having to do with the family, a big change that happened during the Industrial Revolution was the creation of factories. Mm. And so it took business out of the home and out of the family. Because before that, the family used to be, it was the hub of financial system, Mm. right? So Mm -hmm. like families would create a business and then the families would all support that business. And they would all work together as a team, Mm -hmm. right? Like family businesses, you didn't have to call them family businesses back then because that's all there were. If it was a business... There was a family doing it. Mm -hmm. And so it was very odd man out to be like, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm just hiring some randoms to do this thing. Whereas that's basically all there, most of what there is now. So 
definitely by prepper or however you want to describe it, like a way of safeguarding the future for us and our kids is to be able to bring more business things within that family context and building our community family around us that can all support that same thing, but then also be supported by it. Also, thinking very long term, which I'm very good at, um, is thinking about how do we train our kids in this way as well? How do we train them to be more self-sufficient as kids? Well, obviously more as they get to be like teenagers and adults, but how do we give them the skills they need, raise them in the values of freedom and team and doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, the how is <laughs> the how is what we're on the journey with, right? Yeah, just trying to figure out. Yeah, but I think there is hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we found this book and that's hopeful. Yeah. The ability to get information in today's day and age is amazing. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of thought leaders that are thinking these thoughts that are, we're not the only ones. No you way. Know? And so there's a that's lot of places. I even like learned about these things. Right. There's yeah. a lot of places we can go and we can find information and you all can too. And you can shoot it to us too and be like, hey, did you see this? And mm-hmm. we'll be like, yep or nope. And that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's hope. This is not the end. Yeah. I think there's a healthy amount of fear. Yeah. That should be more of like a sobering fear to help us move us in the direction of evaluating our priorities and evaluating like, what are we doing? Kind of like we're saying right at the beginning of this podcast, you know, going through these losses, going through this change. And I remember like when I lost my dad almost three years ago, I went through very similar things of like crash, burn, what is my life? Who am I? Yeah. And I think that's just a very... It's a very normal thing to go through when you're experiencing pressure and change and pain and loss. Yeah. And I think we're all feeling that on a corporate level now, having yeah. to do with the country and Absolutely. the world. It's like these freedoms we're losing, we're grieving. Yeah. And well, and also we don't want to lose these freedoms. Right. And we have to step up in the right ways. Yeah. To prevent the loss of these things. But I think it's kind of like how some people call it the dark night of the soul or something, but there is this crushing and questioning and deep processing. But at least what I can say three years after having lost my dad and all the challenges emotionally that I went through, but the fruit that's coming from that is so beautiful. And I feel like corporately what's happening in our country and in the world, if people can stay the course and not numb out of the challenges and the pain, but continue to just allow the process of challenge and refinement and and having obstacles to face, if you can face those instead of running away, it will build something really beautiful in you that years from now, you'll look back and be like, that sucked, but man, that built who I am today. And I really am proud of who I am today. Yeah. What you're saying also reminded me of what you had sent to me. Oh, yeah. So there's this quote that I saw on the gram (laughs) earlier today that says, This is a moment in history when each of your actions takes you closer to freedom or to slavery. Here's how you know the difference. Going closer to slavery feels numbing and heavy. Going closer to freedom feels exhilarating and terrifying. No, it's a great quote to end on. Yeah. So let's all go towards freedom together, even though it's scary. Yeah. Find those things that are exciting and terrifying and definitely move away from the fear-based thinking and choices. Things are scary right now, but we don't have to live in the fear. I think acknowledging the scary things without succumbing to the fear. 
And that's a daily choice and a daily practice. And I think that's where the community and the support is so important. And to get around other like-minded people, to get around just positive influences, but not just like the good vibes only people, like that kind of really irritates me. But I'm talking about the people who can... Good information only. (laughs) Huh? Good information only. Oh, we can do a whole uncooked conversation about good vibes only. But I think what I mean is the people who will mourn with you when you're mourning, the people who will rejoice with you when you're rejoicing, the people who will uplift and encourage you and have your back when you need it. Yeah. So let's create that with the uncooked community. Oh, yeah. I like that. (laughs) Uncooked community. Yeah. That sounds kind of funny. When when you graduate, you become a cooked. (laughs) Have you been cooked yet? That's like, could go into drug reference there. Oh, is it? All right. Well, I think that's a great stopping point. Yeah. Great first episode back. Yeah. Welcome to season two. Of Uncooked Conversations. Uncooked Conversations. Awesome. All right. Well, Well, anything else you want to wrap up with? I think stay safe. Uh, No, stay free. Stay free. Stay free, stay bold, be wise. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope that this episode brought some value and illumination to your life. If you'd like, you can follow us on Instagram at uncookedconvos, C-O-N-V-O-S, on Instagram. We're not on there too much, but we do pop in here and there. So if you want to send us a DM or tag us in something, feel free to do that. You can also email us. It's down in the show notes. And finally, if you have questions that you would like us to answer on air, we would love to do a question and answer episode in the future. So you can, again, send us a DM on Instagram or email us with our email in the show notes and send us whatever your questions are or topics that you would look forward to hearing us talk about. So that's a wrap for today. That's a wrap for us, your favorite candid couple. Yes. yes. (laughs) I love that. Well, until next time, we're we're on on the the journey journey with you. you.